Well, everyone who listens to the True Marshall Show on a regular basis should know what that music means. First of all, it's Don Messer's Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it's time for the most popular segment in 15 years of the Drew Marshall Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Meanwhile, Back in the Farm with my dad, Grant Marshall. Yes. Mr. Marshall's in the house. Hi, Drew. How are you? Well, it's so weird having you here. Yeah, I'm right in the building here, right in the studio. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. This is a first. Wonderful. So, no, it's not a first. You've been here before, haven't you? I think I've once or twice. Maybe. Last time you were here, we were talking about funeral stuff. Yeah, maybe we were, yes. Because uh, that was your business growing up. When you left working in the dirt on the farm, you went into working the dirt at the funeral home. Well, that's what we had to do. We had to dig a few graves. We had to look after the people who lost folks, and that was our profession. Well, uh, do you have any idea of why this segment is so popular? Not really, unless you have a lot of country folks that listen. That could be one reason. I think it's just because you are a bit of a... No, you're a bit of a phenomenon. Oh, I don't know about that, Drew. Uh, So, folks, this segment is called Meanwhile Back in the Farm because, you know, we're losing a generation of respect, integrity, and honor, and a generation who are not afraid of hard work and sacrifice. And my dad... Well, he is that generation, and growing up in the farm taught Grant Marshall more about life than Google. So I thought maybe we should take the time to listen before, uh, you know, we, we sort of lose that generation. Every time I read that, I think, oh, what are you saying, your dad's going to die? Like, this is kind of weird and strange. But, um, Dad, uh, over the years of doing the uh, Meanwhile Back on the Farm segment here on the show, um, is there something that you've been hiding from our listeners uh, in regards to any deep trauma having grown up on the farm? Well, I don't really <laughs> think so, but... Uh, because here's what I imagine, Dad. I imagine the traumatic experience of watching a chicken getting his head cut off. I imagine them putting down an animal. I imagine uh, running through the field, uh, looking up at a plane and running into the barbed wire fence. That that actually happened. <laughs> And I have the scar to prove it. <laughs> I said to him the other day, I've known him my whole life, you see. Uh, well, I would think so. And I said to him the other day, what's with I dis- what is that scar on your face? Can you see it, Tim? Right there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've never noticed it never before. Never noticed that. Well, it's hidden in that little crease, I think, so. Nicely, nicely played. Probably. Talking about your face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so what, was, what actually happened, Dad? Well, uh, planes were a really unique thing back in the... 40s, and I guess I was looking up as a child and running and looking up, and Dad was a great fan of barbed wire because when there was a gap in the fence, well, he would get out the barbed wire roll, string it up, and that would keep the animals where they should be. Yeah, yeah. And you're just running, running along. I'm the field. running along. And what, do you remember what kind of plane it was? <laughs> no, obviously. I Why don't. do I have the feeling it was some, something from like Scooby Doo? You know, <laughs> remember the uh, the the uh, fight, the dog fight, uh, the the biplanes. Remember oh, that, uh, that was Red, that was Red that Baron. Was, no, no, that was that was, that was um, Snoopy. What did I say? Scooby Doo. Oh, yeah, wrong character. Wrong dog. Sorry. My mother always thought that you know I should have a couple of stitches. Well, that meant going into Orangeville and. I think it'll be okay. And of course, because <laughs> you don't want to make the trip to get no, stitches. No, no. Why would we want stitches? And it, it was okay. So, 
I have it for the rest of my days. But how, did, other than that story we're just uh, sharing there, were there any other, seriously, any other traumatic experiences growing up on the farm that you remember just kind of stuck in your psyche? Well, Dad would always uh, have a uh, a pig, a, a hog, and he would uh, he would dress it. I'm so, I'm sorry. He would dress the uh, he would gut the oh. insides. Out. <laughs> I thought you meant put a little yeah. clothing on it. No, 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 no wonder that's traumatic. <laughs> that is traumatic. <laughs> so what do you mean he would he would well wear in in the uh, in the hooves of a of a pig, there's those cords, and uh, so you could spread the uh, hind legs apart. Hoist it up in a pulley, and then of course slit down the belly, and out would come the innards. And we would uh, we would have uh, pork for the next three or four months. Uh, well, that's just how things were, and that's how pork bellies were invented. I mm, maybe delicious. so. We didn't do any cattle processing because that was for another. You take that to the ar- abattoir. Yeah, that's right. Who was a neighbor as well? The person that uh, that killed and chopped up the animals was your neighbor. Yes, well, along the way, sure, along the concession, and then. Uh, but we would do the uh, we would do the hand. Well, we we told you that all that story, but yeah. And but it, so it, you it, saw your dad hang a pig up by the back feet. Yes, I did. And slit the pig down the, yeah. the thing. And imagine all these uh, intestines rolling out. <laughs> a little bit traumatic. Now we didn't do the. Head part. People would maybe do head, but we were interested in the hams and the the sides and the the ribs and yeah. all that stuff. Did you make bacon? Yeah, was there homemade uh, bacon? Of course there were. Really? And it was, you know, that fairly thick, thick stuff. None uh, of that thin uh, nonsense no, you get no, these no. days. It was good thick stuff. But um, um, what about smoking the meat? No, we never did that. No, no, we didn't have that. Didn't they, have a smoker on no, the property? No, we didn't have a smoker. No. <laughs> Well, your dad smoked a little bit. Yes, he would have. He would roll his own, and <laughs> and the the uh, the tobacco, the, pa- the the tobacco was uh, was Ogden's Ogden's fine cut in a tin. In a tin, and the the papers would be on uh, in a little roll, of course, and yep. the tobacco, and and then he would roll them up, and of course he had to have a little spit that would seal the seal. <laughs> You, you know, you had to you had to have something that would seal. Yeah, and then he now he wasn't a big smoker, no. But but he did like, and then once in a while at thrashing time. What does that mean for the outsiders? Well, the thrashing would be the wheat and the sheaves and the, you know, in the in the August, and the dust and the oh, that was a terrible. And my grandfather, my grandfather Marshall, would. Have the odd chew of tobacco. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know I, I think they called it a plug. Yep. And Dad would get into a little chaw off a piece, and and Mother didn't like it. But no. anyway, they spit and hawked and they <laughs> say <laughs> they, they they thought it was it, it was better for for the lungs, I suppose. They were just trying to keep the dust down. That's what I they were doing. So, now, Dad, you're you, may, you may not know this, but your son. Yours truly, uh, back when I tried to be a rodeo cowboy. Remember those days? Yes, I do. I even got mom to put wallpaper on my bedroom that was horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, remember wallpaper, Tim? Yes, anyway, I do. Um, I tried chewing tobacco. Oh, well, uh, that would not be good. No, especially when you get bucked off and you swallow it. Oh, <laughs> that, would be, that was the end of my chewing tobacco. You're not supposed to do that. No. No. That was disgusting. 
Oh. I don't think they have oh. those today, but did, I mean, who knows? Did your mom ever get, and here's the term you like to use, cross <laughs> at, your, at your dad? There might have been a few words once in a while. <laughs> might have been. But they, they were kind of short-lived, and the, the compromise was the, the deal. Sure. And you really, mother, when when there was extra cash, it kind of went to the barn. You right. know, the, the new implement or uh, another team of horses. And So mama needed a new pair of shoes, but it went to the pig slaughtering. Well, it, it tended to. Yeah. But eventually we got the hydro. In 1947, the hydro came fast on the concession. That's electricity for the kids. Uh, and right. we uh, we had a wonderful, the barn lit up, the house lit up, and the as I as a child, between the house and the barn, we had two yard lights. Do you know what a yard light is with the green shade? Oh yeah. Over and the bulb screws up a hundred watt bulb. Well, we had two of them. Fancy well, living in high. Oh, man, I yep. could bicycle around just as, like my city cousins could. Wow. <laughs> Two yard lights. Yeah. Before that, you just run into trees and yeah, stuff. Yeah, well. And barbed wire. And barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So um, I, I remember the yard lights particularly. If I was to say that the country life that you lived was a clean life, what does that mean to you? And is it true? Well, the clean life, yes, it was. Um uh, now there was a, the odd bottle of beer around, maybe yeah, that might have been, and but there was no nothing in Orangeville that represented. Or they just didn't sell anything. The odd smokes went around. There was no drugs, of course. There was just it. It was pretty darn clean. Yeah. And and if we did anything that was had any money to it or a little bit of gambling, it was playing cards. We we liked to play cards and. And I just played euchre last night, actually, and uh, we didn't play for money. But sometimes when we went to another farm neighbor, the guy's name was George, and he would have an old deck of cards, and and we'd play a a dime here, a quarter there, and and maybe the odd bottle of beer on the kitchen table. And and that was the fun, and was all over by 10.30. (laughs) Well, it was. Yep. And we'd all go home and do chores in the morning. <laughs> and what about, uh, Dad, was there a race? I know there was a racetrack in Orangeville, but that didn't come till later, was it? Or no, did... no, it was always there. Okay. It was always associated with the fairgrounds. But was there gambling there? Uh, yes, there was. Right. You'd okay. bet on the horses. And, and I remember Grandpa, uh, your dad, taking me to the racetrack, and we'd walk through the stall area. And, oh, yes. And uh, the um, Orangeville meet was on the 1st of July. It was always the 1st of July. And it was well thought of. It was a half-mile track. So the horses had to go around twice to oh. get in the mile. Mm. And uh, there was lots of excitement. And the the excitement would be that there was three, two or three local owners that had horses. Yeah. And the fans would love them. Well, of course. And there was a competition between, uh, I remember one horse was called Billy Easter. And the other one was called Dolly Todd. <laughs> I mean, this How do you is, remember that? This is 75 years ago. For God. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, but, but they they would uh, race, and one would sometimes win, and the other one would next time around. The other one would win. Yeah. And I remember um, there was quite a, a, a famous horse called Van Riddle, and that horse was owned by a former lieutenant governor, Earl Rowe. 
He uh, he went to Queens Park and but he had this Van Riddle horse and I remember taking a picture of this and I, I of course my dad said well send it to him and and he did reply and cool. it was a great thing. <clears throat> dad, we we actually want to play a little clip here for you. We posted this video. This is our video of the week mm-hmm. and uh, you'll hear it and you'll also see over there on Tim's screen. Uh, have a little listen to this and tell me if this brings back any memories, okay? All right. Get that volume nice. <laughs> I searched the world over and thought I'd found true love. You met another and <laughs> Now, do you remember growing up watching this TV show? Yes, of course. <laughs> and it was called? It was called, oh, no. Um, Come on, Grant. Uh, hee-haw. There it is. Hee-haw. You can name horses, but <laughs> yeah. not TV shows. Hee-haw. And, and it lasted for quite some time. Yeah. And and our friend Gordy Tapp was on it, of course, a lot of times. What do you mean, our friend Gordy Tapp? Well, he was a friend. He was a Canadian. And yeah. He was. He was, he, was he not the guy that sold the Craftmatic beds? Yes. Yeah. And, of course, Charlie Farquharson. Don yep. Heron was very much a part of that hee-haw show. Yeah. Tim, while we're t- uh, doing this, can you just look up uh, Charlie Ferguson uh, 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 Christmas? Okay. okay. There's a little bit that he does, and I want to just play a little clip of that. Because a lot of people don't know Charlie Ferguson, uh, played by a Canadian actor named Don Heron. Absolutely. And uh, he was sort of the uh, the ultimate country fella. Yeah, and he was from Parryville. Par- your Parryville. Yeah, Parry yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into a little Charlie Ferguson clip, Dad. And by the way, you are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We are live in the studio with my dad, Grant Marshall, because my dad has been a regular guest on the show, uh, doing a segment we call "Meanwhile Back on the Farm." Uh, and, it, and I think people are, are digging this because it's a time gone by. Do you feel like a relic, Dad? No, I don't, but uh, we just came to, or just has come come from a birthday party, and the lady there was 80 years old, so there were a lot of uh, folks in in our area, and uh, age-wise, and yeah. we, we, we just had a nice lunch a little while ago. Um, I want to talk about country fairs. Yes, very because much important. Hollywood likes to make a big deal out of country fairs, um, and when I think of country fairs, I think of a couple things. I think of... Uh, the prized pig, who we've already talked about. We won't go there again. Uh, we, we, I think about um, uh, pies, yes. right, bake-offs, and I, and I think about uh, music. Is that fair? Is that a, was that a country fair? What there, am I missing? Well, there was some, but the country fair from, from my, as a teenager, was the 4-H club, and we... Uh, we had calves that we raised from young, and then we would, uh, if they were good enough, we'd take them to the Royal Winter Fair. What, what does good enough mean? Well, uh, turnout and... Uh, what does that mean? Well, the deporer and... <laughs> what does that mean? You know, <laughs> and, and the backs had to be straight and... The, and oh, they uh, had to look good. Oh, well, they had to look good. And some got selected and others. And I, I got down to the Royal Winter Fair twice. Because Ooh. of your calves. Yeah, uh, yeah. You had some nice calves. I had nice calves. <laughs> Not bad thighs either. No. Didn't one, they call them gams back then? Well, this one, one of them was a shorthorn, and then the second year was a, uh, an Aberdeen Angus, a black one. And uh, I was in the top uh, dozen, maybe top ten. And Did you get a ribbon? I got a ribbon. And I got a sweater. Oh, oh hey. yeah, so the and it was called the Fifty Guineas. Uh, I guess somewhere way down the line, somebody had given Fifty Guineas 
uh, from uh, from England, and this was the prize. Wow! And it, it, it was a bit of a it was a bit of an honor to get to the fifty guineas. Yeah, for these young teenage boys and girls, of course. And uh, we would uh, we would be billeted down by the exhibition grounds, and and it it was a, quite a thing for uh, a young country cousin, and to, you know, to get down to the. Yeah, get how, out of the big city. How long and how hard would it have been to get from Orangeville to Toronto? Well, they weren't. That must have been a journey, though. They didn't have to carry the teepees no, or anything no, like well, that. Like, I mean, what are you talking well, about? Like 1940s, you know, getting a whole bunch of cattle from Orangeville yeah. down. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. not well, like now, right? We'd have a half, there'd be a half ton truck from a neighbor who had racks, of course, and uh, just room for one calf. And uh, uh, he would take the calf down. Yeah. And then, of course, we didn't bring it home because Uh-oh. it was sold. Sold to Canada Packers or Swift or <laughs> Schneider's. Uh, uh, Schneider's. <laughs> Glue factory. <laughs> and uh, But we came home with a little cash, the sale of these calves. Mm-hmm. So that, that was an incentive. It's a different experience going to the track. You yeah. don't come home with the same amount of cash. No, yeah, very, exactly. Never very, not like <laughs> so the country fair, I want to know, is it the kind of thing, because I can't, sorry, Dad, but I go off of things I've seen on the television, on the tube, on the, in the movies and whatever else, and uh, I see the country fair as the, where the kids go and they maybe they sneak a cigarette and maybe they, they drink behind the tent and maybe they're flirting with the girls and that kind of social stuff. Uh, well, we, I don't think we did that much at the country <laughs> fair. I don't think so. But the uh, the uh, livestock, uh, the horse races, and the what they called the hall, the exhibition hall, where the ladies would bring the pies and the butter tarts, <laughs> and they'd be on shelves row after row, and there'd be a red ribbon yeah. or a blue ribbon, yeah, and and that was a, a big, and the the knitting, the crocheting, uh, the farm ladies would have that on display. And and the fall fairs were were pretty big. Yeah, they they really and it was a kind of a, a coming together of of the farm people and and the city and the, the town people, uh, and we all meshed in for. Uh, and really, it, it was it was really only a one afternoon affair, and then at night there'd be a dance. Oh, there you there, go. There'd be a dance in the in the local hall, and the the display things would be. Carted to the side, yeah, and some uh, orchestra and a couple of violins and the Don Messer types. They yeah. they would come and we we dance all night. Now, when you say violins, I think you mean fiddles. Yeah, we mean fiddle. There is no way. There's no except one one. They're both the exact same. It's just how you play it. Yeah, that's how you um, play it. And uh, we're, how were you as a dancer, Dad? Oh, well, I was a good dancer. Yeah. Don't don't be shy. Well, your mother was a good. <laughs> you know, your mother. We could do round dances, and then we could do... What does dance. round dances mean? Well, round dances are just foxtrots. You know, you hold your lady, and you just walk around, and you, you, there's a little... You, you you can dance, so you know what it's like. And then there's the waltz time. One, two, three. One, two, three. One. <laughs> and then there's the shotish, you know, where you... One, two, three, four, hop. One, two, three, hop, you know. And <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, well, <laughs> I'm in cassette tapes right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. um, so there's lots of different kinds of dances. Um, who, who was a better dancer than your mom? I mean, than my mom. Well, Did, were, what was her name, Dad? Come her, on. Her name was Lee. Oh well, um, there was a there was a joy a joy. Her name was Joy. 
She was a good dancer. And then there was a Lenore. Lenore. She could dance, eh? She could dance. Yeah. Well, all those, all those country girls could dance. I mean, <laughs> and, of course, I, I was not the only guy. I mean, there were two or three other guys. Did you ever compete with someone from my mom? No, I don't think so. I had her all to myself. Oh. <laughs> Brother. Well, I'm I'm sure there were other ones that asked her to dance and all this stuff. But they once they once you moved in, they just quit, no, no. right? They That's, couldn't well, compete oh, with you. Know. We were talking about that at noon today at this luncheon, and and Jack and Marie, uh, they met at the Cedar Room. Isn't that something? The Cedar Room in Shelburne, Ontario, mm. upstairs. And uh, the ladies would be kind of on one side and the guys on the other, <laughs> making up. Too but that's funny. how they kind of met. Too funny. Yeah, well, just, we were just talking about that today. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I met your mother. And Do you still, I know the answer to this already, but I want to ask, because it's just what you do on the, on the radio. Do you still dream about the farm? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I, uh, it's, it's not all that long ago that I dreamt about my dad, your grandfather, and on the farm, uh, uh, chores, uh, haying was a real pain. Yep. Because uh, f my dad would not start the haying or cutting of, of the timothy or the alfalfa till the 1st of July. Well, the uh, 1st of July is a hot time. Yep. And I'd be on the mower uh, and, uh, with a team of horses and uh, cutting hay leaving it for a day or two to dry. Hoping it wouldn't rain. That, yeah, that's not the truth. And then uh, getting it coiled up or raked up. And then in the very early days, the hay loader would come along the wind row, mm -hmm. and uh, this hay loader would pop the, the hay up onto the wagon. And then the wagon had to be uh, brought into the barn and the barn, uh, the hay fork, and we have one of those hay forks at the cottage. Up at the cottage, yeah. And uh, into the mow, and oh, <laughs> my poor dad. It, when I think of it now, it was so labor, mm -hmm. labor intense. It, wow. it just really was. Kids these days don't know what, kind don't of, know what work is. Well, yeah. well they, some of them do not. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the good old days. Well, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Dad, thank you for coming in. It was so good to see you. Thank you for having us in. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Okay.